Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and... Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. Oh, boy. We have a very special episode today for a movie that we cannot wait to talk about. Uh... Okay, uh, where to begin? I watched this movie Tuesday at midnight uh, with a staff screening. Um, Jordan, you just watched it yesterday at 3 o'clock? Yep. The nice okay. afternoon it is screening. Now, it is now the Friday. The movie is coming out today. Yes. This movie. Uh, the post credit scenes, though. I mean, I, there's just so much to talk about. There's just, Okay. Uh, fuck. Um this movie also has a just a weird letterboxed hive mind that is going to bat for it so hard. Really? And yes, I am. All right. So I watched this movie uh, and I'm watching all of these movies. I'm the only like Marvel fanatic who ride, ride or die. I'll watch them all. Everything. Every, all of my staff used to like them. They loved Guardians 3. You know, they'll like one a year they're like all about. And then the other two they will just completely shit on. So it's like I'm watching a movie with a whole room full of Jordans. Yep. Um, Smart people, your coworkers. <laughs> uh, and I'm just spending like 30 minutes. The, fir- the first, like just getting into the movie, I'm thinking, God, they're hating this and I'm just suffering as a result. Yeah. Uh, just kind of... Antsy, like I can tell. Like I'll hear a line, and I'm like, "Oh, they didn't like that kind of deal." Yeah. Um, this movie, I watched it, and it felt like 45 minutes were completely removed from it, uh, and we will talk more about that later. Um, and immediately, I was kind of uh, putting it low on the list. And I was like, oh no, my Messiah is being crucified before my eyes. Um, I do think I have it... What did I put it as on my list? Like, this is the lowest debut of a MCU film for me since uh, Black Widow. Okay. Black Widow is 39 out of 43. I currently have this at 37 out of 43. Wow. And I'm not very like i'm not aching to rewatch this one i will several times just, yeah uh and then you know all hope is lost i give in uh everyone is just saying the things they didn't like about it and i'm more or less agreeing with them but i'm saying all the nice things about the movie that i will be doing on this podcast to counteract your inevitable sour opinion <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh i go on letterbox and there is a an insane fan base for this movie. So far, it's only been two days. Like, the opening night was last night, and then you have Wednesday previews. But there are so many, similar to Black Widow, which I don't think is necessarily one of the better Marvel movies. You have so many people going to bat for this movie and just saying, like, you know, girl power, girl director. And this tomato meter is a 58. Did you see that? I saw that it was low. But it's, like, not Quantum Mania or Eternals low. Those were immediately, like, 40%. Yeah. This this you have a whole bunch of people, 
And I like Nia DaCosta a lot. I love the Candyman reboot. Um, Some of these reviews are, haven't watched the most recent Marvel outings. Uh, Nia DaCosta does a great job to, you know, bring whatever to the table. And I feel like they didn't let her direct a lot of this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But my favorite review I've seen so far is, um, let's see if it's still on here. Uh, looking okay. Um, four stars. Marvel made a good girls sleepover movie, and you Twitter incels aren't invited. Yes, I Which actually saw I, that one uh, while yeah. while sit, waiting for the credits. Yes, to roll. I think that is a perfect review. Um, uh, well, actually, I mean, you haven't even heard my opinion yet. I, I'm just. I know it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hated this. Uh, I will say... But, I mean, we can keep it to the end, as we do traditionally. Well, I mean, we we got to start somewhere. We start at the beginning. Uh, yeah. The... Well, we start with my review of the right. movie. Right. But you can you can give me a teaser for your, your statements, your yeah. opening statements. So, the beginning of this movie has, like, everything that's kind of wrong with this current era of Marvel... Which is that, like, each movie brings in so much baggage from so many other properties. And that makes, like, the first 30 or maybe 45 minutes of this movie, like, tough to sit through. Like, even even sure. as, like, someone who's watched Miss Marvel and watched, yeah. uh, you know, the other Captain America or other Captain Marvel, which I assume that one is the one most people are familiar with. And then, of course, I watched WandaVision. So it's like, I have familiarity yes. with all these characters, but even with that familiarity, it feels like there's so much being squished in because they have to be like, oh, by the way, if you haven't seen this, this is this. Um, yeah. That, that, that is just, it's not good for a while. <laughs> but I, I do think there's a turning point. What I think what you're saying is interesting because I think all of the backstory that you're talking about, I think there's none of that in this movie. Like, it's it assumes something like Endgame takes an hour to set up. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. And this is the same type of movie where these people are estranged or haven't met and you need to get the band back together. Yeah. And Nia DaCosta filmed a 30 minute movie or 30 minute intro and Marvel's like, we need to cut 25 minutes of this. Yeah. And the villain, did you recognize the villain at all? No, not at all. It is, uh, well, she's not in any other movies. That oh, okay. That is Tom Hiddleston's wife. But do you recognize her we- weapon? Did she look familiar anything to you? Well, so she's Kree, and is the hammer yeah. the one that that other guy had? Correct. She is a descendant of Ronan the Accuser right. okay. from Guardians 1, who at the end of Captain Marvel says, we're coming back for the girl. Mm. Clearly something happened to him, uh, and his daughter or other i don't know protege just took over yeah. and that entire story was cut from the from the movie we have no idea who this person like all all the the stands of this movie are they clearly don't care that that is ronan the accuser's like relative like that is not something that is going to vibe at a girl sleepover movie like they're not going to be rewinding like showing Guardians one first to set up that kind of the main thing. background sequence that I was talking about is they they do like a quick, like incredibly quick Marvel miss or Captain Marvel recap, 
Yes. And that, Correct. like, I think is incomprehensible if you had not seen that movie. So it's like, it's so useless. Why even keep it in? Uh, I think it did a good job of her art style. Uh, like, because that is my favorite part of Miss Marvel. No, show, no, Captain Marvel. Re-watched. The Captain oh, Marvel sorry. recap. I, sorry. Yes. Yeah. That was. Uh, it was well, like 30 seconds was... where it was just cutting, 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 and then it shows her killing the Mega Mind or whatever. Oh, you're talking about her flashback mid movie, like to explain her like what happened in the meantime. Well, they they actually flash back to it twice. Earlier on, they also do like a recap. Like so she, well, okay, so she's laying in the in the bed or whatever with the the memory thing. That's the second time. That's when all of them are doing it the second time. Isn't the first time she's laying in the bed by herself with the memory thing? Oh, maybe so. I I'm just thinking like uh that you do like the kind of intro sequence with Miss Marvel, and then she transforms for the first time, and then it says like earlier yeah. or something, and you get yes. uh, uh, that that sequence where it just kind of replays the events of of Captain Marvel, and I think that was n- not very good, and I think uh, so many things in this first forty five minutes, I just feel like are alienating to an audience, like to someone who's potentially there who is not keeping up with everything. They're going to be because so turned cut, off. They cut 40 minutes of this. Like it just feels so evident. And I wanted to make a lot of money. I told all of my staff when they were just explaining the things they hate about it. I want a group of people to tell me why one of these is good. I want incredible Hulk stands to jump out of the sewers and be like, this is the best one. Here's why. Yeah. Uh, and this just feels like uh, yeah it's all right all right my review i am going to give it we're going to start kick this off um i have currently put it between uh thor the dark world is above it and ant-man one is below it um so ant-man one i currently have at uh, 3.33 Avengers. Um, so I, you know what? I'm going to start this at the same. This is going to be 3.33 Avengers. And my Avengers at the table, we're going to do all three of the Marvels because I think their chemistry together is the best part of this movie. Um, and then I am going to do what's a third? Tiny Ant Man? No, Tiny Wasp. Tiny Wasp is the third. Okay. And then the Wasp is there. Girl girl power, unite. Um, all right. So opening sequence, I think we more or less discussed. Uh, it really feels like they're trying to get all of these. I think their biggest fear was Miss Marvel had the lowest viewership of any of the shows, which I think is a great show. I like it more than Moon Knight which is a controversial opinion uh, on the interweb. Um, I think it is also a very cohesive, well-told story, whereas this feels kind of like a bit of just a whole bunch of stories thrown into a blender, and some of them kind of survived. Yeah. Um, Now, this movie feels a lot like they're taking the wrong lessons from some of their other movies, but we'll get back to that, I guess. I mean, I feel like Quantumania did that as well. Um, I... Actually, I think I need to be more specific to what that means. Uh, yes. 
So I think a lot of people liked the wackiness of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies when it comes to space travel and like anything can yeah. be out there. And then in Quantumania, they had that sequence where it's like a bunch of random weirdos in, you know, quantum space or whatever. Yeah. And I thought I that was holes. not one of that, that. I thought that was kind of weak. It felt like an imitation more than like an actual, like, I, I don't mind the design of the characters and stuff like that, but it just didn't land as well as it does in Guardians. And then I feel like they did that again here, which I didn't like hate these sequences where we're introduced to these uh, like this, like particularly the singing planet felt like a kind of rehash the of that. Planet, I could write a thesis paper on well, thesis is an opening statement. I could write a term paper on the singing planet, the song planet. Yeah, um, I don't hate the idea, but it was just like it was like so silly and it just I don't know. Like, I feel like James Gunn maybe could have done it, but I don't think it was pulled off here we gotta yeah we're gonna we gotta go beat for beat like we gotta do step by step yeah I, well i just I had to go say, i just had to explain why why i thought this was yeah again like taking um, the wrong lessons the fan base for this movie again i want people to tell me that you know this is one of the best ones here's why it seems like a lot of people did not like captain marvel and the positive reviews i have seen for this which, like, IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. Oh. And, like, Rotten Tomatoes, all the fresh tomatoes are, like, a much more cohesive story and entertaining than Captain Marvel 1. I was like, are, were, are, were we watching different movies? Yeah. I have no idea how Captain Marvel 1 gets such a bad rep. Because I think it is one of the stronger movies of that phase. All right, let's and go beat by... Rules. Let's go beat by okay. beat, because I want to talk about... Each moment that I think this movie almost deliberately tries to throw the audience off of caring about what's happening. And then I'll, I'll want to talk also... about the moment where I think they get them back. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, I would also like to open, I feel like with these movies, I am, uh, you know, Marvel's public defender. And <laughs> uh, this one feels like, a movie where I know my client did the crime, but he's acquitted anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is what uh, these movies are kind of this this fan base. I want this fan base to go strong. I want this movie to make a billion dollars. Um, we should also say that uh, due to the right, the actor strike just ended last night. Um, so that's huge. Or the night before, one of recently. Um, writer strike is done. They are now full in swing into producing things. Uh, they're back doing Deadpool three. As a result of the strike and all of these uh, negative reviews to Quantumania and potentially the Marvels, um, they are only doing one Marvel movie in twenty twenty four, and it is Deadpool three. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have a scarce. I also sent you the Echo trailer, which comes out in January, which they made. Uh, super brutal TV MA um, as part of their punch up to the negatively reviewed uh, TV show. Um, and I think it looks dope. I think that trailer rules. I'm very excited to see it. I forgot about that and I have not watched it yet. Okay. I want you to go in blind. I was just kind of excited sending it to everyone. Yeah. But it it is like it's going to be a nice change of pace. Okay. Uh Let's talk about the Marvels. So, starts with the collapse of the Supreme Intelligence. 
Um, Which is, I mean, the movie doesn't start with that. I guess the plot kind of starts with that. But don't we just start with Kamala Khan in her bedroom? Yeah, I guess so. But that, so earlier that day, they're talking about the Supreme Intelligence, or earlier that day is Darben, who is the Ronan the Accuser uh, person. I don't even know their relation because it is not explained in this movie, but I know they're related. Right. It is so clear. Um, I think this movie did a good job of like Captain Marvel's been gone for a while and they do explain and we'll get to it like where she was what she was doing and uh, I don't know if you noticed in WandaVision they bring up Captain Marvel's name and Monica Rambeau is just like kind of changes the subject immediately so we know since 2021 she's pissed at Captain Marvel for some reason and we don't really know why. And I'm, and they finally fleshed it out in that movie. That little thread like finally got addressed, which I mm. really liked. Um, so the Captain Marvel opening sequence, uh, animation style is, you know, just uh, Kamala Khan drawing and stuff and basically saying her backstory, what the whole deal with the world is. Which when you're setting up a movie, I think this is the way to do it. Yeah. I really like this. Oh, it starts with uh, Darben getting the other band. Yes. The Bangle. Yes. The quantum band. She's like on the moon or something. On a moon. Yeah. And it was funny because as soon as I saw that, I was like, where have I seen that before? I know I've seen one of these <laughs> wrist things. But my brain, it took it a second to actually be like, oh, yeah, Miss Marvel. Duh. <laughs> Are you telling me you did not watch Miss Marvel to get hype for this? Nope. Okay. But I was like, where have I seen one of those? <laughs> I I just watched Miss Marvel coincidentally on my my rewatch, um, and it it lined up with this movie, and I think it uh, makes it kind of stronger if you watch it immediately before. Um, all right, so Miss Marvel is just talking about uh, setting up the story a bit, and then she changes places, which is the post credit scene of Miss Marvel with Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. who is teleported to her house um and it turns out whenever the three of them use their powers they swap places if which... if they're using them simultaneously like if you use your powers okay, and yeah. no one's using it like that that took a second to settle in and it's also kind of a complicated mechanic to explain I visually did not I did not realize that was why yeah i, I mean they reali- they I, they finally explained that when they have their training montage together but before then yeah. it's very visually confusing cuz it's like they switch when they use their powers, but then I see them use their powers and they don't switch. So, like, for a while, yeah. I was like, what is what is actually what causes this? Yeah, I didn't realize two people had to be using it. That was not, yeah, a, a portion I was paying attention to. But I'm glad that the, they explained it. Yeah, well, and just uh, this mechanic, which is the crux of the movie, is, is this weird yeah. switching thing that is happening, is a little unfortunate because it makes it very visually hard to follow. Like, there are some fight scenes where they're all switching around everywhere, but it doesn't come off as, like, cool and, like, enabling them to do moves that they wouldn't be doing otherwise. To me, it just looked like a mess. Like, I just couldn't track what was happening. That's what I... I prefer that, though. Like, with the the sloppiness of... I've made this comparison in the podcast before. I'm trying to... Oh, like, Tony Stark in his suit in the very first one it's running at seven percent battery or whatever and he has to like improvise kind of to defeat the villain um when i first watched that when i was 14 i was like god i wish he had a hundred percent and he just obliterated the other guy that would have been so cool 
But I think it is more interesting to have something like this where they can't control their powers and they're kind of just making do with whatever works. I just think they should have had one sequence because they had the whole training montage that shows them learning how to switch. I think they should have had one sequence where it's like they're in slow-mo and you can see them like ready, like rearing up for a punch, knowing that they're about to switch with Captain Marvel. So the punch is going to be way stronger. And it's like it's like super coordinated, like that scene in Guardians 3 with the slow-mo fight. I just wanted like like a single sequence where it shows like, no, this isn't random and just crap happening on the screen. There's like they've mastered this, you know. Like, because that's the classic hero's journey is you get thrown into a situation you're not acclimated with. Then you adapt to it. And I I think by the time... Yeah. By by the time they adapted to it, I think they got their powers back and stopped switching. Yeah. So I think the sequence you're describing could have happened at the end of the movie, but the plot did not... Well, I think it could have happened when they have... Because they do have a fight scene where they're switching with the main villain. And there are some cool moves happening in that, but they're just really difficult to parse because you can't track where any hero is supposed to be. Which is why I think slow-mo or something might have made it easier, because instead I think it was just chaos. Um, but also, I mean, going I... going back now to the first sequence, where they don't know yeah. how these powers work, that one's chaotic, yes. and that's kind of okay, because it's supposed to be chaotic. They don't know, understand why they're switching and everything. But again, I think it was... Uh, hard to start caring about just because it was so difficult to follow sure even though that feels um, like part of the point but i don't know i just found that like i was not enjoying that sequence that's not my qualm with the movie i i think that is fine um their power swapping and just the way that it you know, is chaotic, and then they kind of get to use their own powers at the end. I would be fine with the slow-mo sequence as well, because as I just mentioned to you, I didn't understand that it was, they both had to use their powers. Two people had to use them to switch. Yeah, which I feel like is a problem. kind of random. Because then you, like, you Uh, truly didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things in this movie I was kind of, I had to explain to myself throughout. Yeah. Which is not ideal storytelling but I'm an expert, so I, I figured it out. Um, all right, so Nick Fury is hanging out on the Sabre space station, right where we left him, um, that he took a weird detour for Secret Invasion. It feels like that was supposed to come out... Oh, it was supposed to come out after this, by the way. This was the last, like, hacked-to-pieces COVID movie that they had. So this was supposed to come out in 2021. Wow. And th- this was delayed four times. And similarly to Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be, you know, the intro to the multiverse. And then Sony's like, our Spider-Man movie is not budging. It has to come out this day. Doctor Strange gets pushed back because they can't release Doctor Strange before they release their three or four other movies. <laughs> and then uh, Spider-Man has to introduce the multiverse. So it's supposed to be Doctor Strange... Uh, introduces the multiverse. You have America Chavez. America Chavez goes to Spider-Man and is like, hey, there's a, there's a multiverse. Uh, here are the other Spider-Men you can use to fight your battle. And Marvel just switched those movies and they had to kind of adapt to that storytelling. And I think those two movies do a fine job. I had no complaints about those having to switch. But something like this, where I feel like the ending had to be rewritten several times just based on all the other stuff that happened. Uh, and 
this movie ended up costing them 280 million dollars which is a lot of money yeah um what do you think they'll even friend, make friend of the show patrick fitzsimmons said uh he sent me an article um we always fuck with each other whenever you know a scorsese or whatever right. uh, marvel movie comes out and he sent me an article that said marvel's aims to get 60 million domestic opening weekend and he said it's over i'm sorry <laughs> uh but i think this movie is going to have a weird fan base i think okay so yeah. This movie was originally supposed to come out the weekend after Barbenheimer, which would have been the biggest tragedy for Marvel Studios yeah. ever. It would have been obliterated. It would have... Yeah. So instead, they put the new Haunted Mansion movie there, and that bombs as a result. But I think they knew that was going to happen. It's a Haunted Mansion Did movie. you watch it? No, it looked really bad. I actually thought the trailer looked kind of fun. But I never I watched it, really so bad. it didn't look yeah. that fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looked bad. Um, then they push this to the week. I, I think it's supposed to come out the week before or the week after Dune. And it didn't because Dune got pushed because of the studio's incompetence for the actor strike. Uh, so thank God we have that. Like that got delayed. Um, and that, that would have also just absolutely demolished this movie. Um, now we have hunger games prequel next week that who knows if that makes money and then we have uh the new pixar movie which i think is supposed to be good wish i thought that the animation for that looks bad to me i've heard early reactions saying good things but it could also just be an unreliable source like it just like when i was watching it i it felt like um i don't know like weirdly smooth in the way that like a straight to dvd barbie movie was hmm. in the mid 2000s but like 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 there were some parts some shots look really good and then some just look super cheap and it was weird I, going back and forth between those two depending on like where i i have not watched the trailer um i did read somewhere someone said this is the best original pixar story since coco huh uh, I don't know if there's any validity to that. It's just an early review. Someone I follow on Letterboxd. It felt like they were trying to do some sort of like cell shading thing to where like the 3D looks like hand-drawn animation. But then like the frame rate seemed really high. Like one of the things they did with um, the Spider-Verse movies is they gave it that like mm -hmm. choppiness that makes it feel like a comic book. Like it makes it feel like animation. Yeah. And it's like they didn't do that at all. So now it's just like it's like a weird smooth filter over a Pixar movie is what it kind of feels like. I don't know. I, I was very unimpressed by the animation, except for like three shots where it looked really kind of like a like a children's storybook. And it felt like that's what they were trying to capture with all of it, but mostly missing even in the trailer where you're just showing specific shots from the movie. Like if, if it's going to work anywhere, it should work in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, I know that CGI in trailers is not always the... Uh the best true maybe the there's some final marvel touches movies. coming but yeah. anyway we got to get back to the the okay film. uh the marvels the thing my segue uh secret invasion was supposed to come out after this like a year or so after this and then they're like okay we're this is done marvels isn't uh so we're going to put secret invasion <laughs> 
They're going to put Secret Invasion before it comes out. Nick Fury's going to leave the Saber Station, and then at the end, he's just going to go back to the Saber Station. Yeah. So they can come out at any time. Like, it it was supposed to, like, lead into this. Like, the scroll thing, I think yeah. part of the reason Secret Invasion was such a mess was because the scrolls. Like, they were going to do more with the Skrull Civil War. Like, that was supposed to be the fallout from this movie. Right. Uh, like, because there are Skrulls fighting. Like, Skrulls need a place to live. And instead of addressing that in Secret Invasion, because that already came out, you just have, in Secret Invasion, you have, like, a, a, a negative group of the Skrulls go to Earth, and they're just disguising themselves as humans. Uh, and then you have a whole bunch just going around. Uh, they're... The way they address that in this movie is they have a Valkyrie cameo that felt like it was filmed last week. Yeah. <laughs> to get the scrolls. Uh and I know um Valkyrie, the actress who plays Valkyrie and Nia DaCosta are friends. Mm. Um so she was probably like, just be in my movie. You're you're already in this universe. Um But that felt like we were suffering because these two projects got switched. And I think both of them could have been stronger in maybe a big way, who knows, um, if they came out in the order they were supposed to come out with and the plot maybe. Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense. But anyway, we got to. So going back to the scroll thing. So there's a sequence after we're kind of starting to settle in with the three of them having quantum entangled powers. We go to the scroll refugee colony. Yeah, and we we see our villain again, who's like yep. as if she's there to negotiate, but really actually has no intentions of negotiating. And there's like this sequence of them talking, and that's another point where I'm just like, if you are not really in this universe, like if you just decided, oh well, it's a blockbuster, yeah. I'm just gonna go see it. That scene would be like, yeah. what is happening right now? <laughs> Who are like, why is it's all aliens? What does this have to do with anything? Like. I guess sure. 10 minutes ago, I saw a sequence where apparently Captain Marvel destroyed some super intelligence or something. But now yeah. what does that have to do with these people? How are they connected? Like, and then the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just not good. And it's alienating, <laughs> I think, to any kind of general audience. It is a bit messy. Yeah. Uh, but again, it seems like those people aren't really caring about uh, this part of the movie. Because, um, I mean, the fan base, who they clearly were like, we'll release it as a girl sleepover movie. Like, I think that that fan base is still going to rally pretty strong. And this is a 90-minute movie. This is the shortest Marvel movie since The Incredible Hulk. I did like that about it. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, it felt very short, which, I mean, I guess is a i don't know i no i mean we, we i genuinely and... think it was good because normally there's kind of a slump during act two okay, so... where they're built like before they can get to the climax but they're making it this two-hour thing there's like a i don't know like some so I, some point where i look down at my watch to see what time it is and me and one of my co-workers were kind of on the same page and another one of my co-workers did he hated it um he liked this more than Quantum Mania, though, uh, which I disagree with. But we'll get to your take uh, at the end of the app. Um, and me and one of my coworkers was kind of were just agreeing that uh, 
we felt like 45 minutes was cut from this movie and think it would have done better for the film as a whole were it kept in. And the other co-worker who didn't like it was like, no, I think if you're going to do something like this, I don't give a shit about any of the, you know, the background story to Darben, why she's related to Ronan the Accuser, because then I start to look at my watch and I'm already in a movie I don't necessarily want to be in. I agree with that. I think uh, yeah. some people were talking about how she's not fleshed out, and I almost think yeah. we're in a weird halfway where it forces us to watch these scenes where she isn't fleshed out. So either flesh her out and then make us watch these scenes, or just don't have these scenes, and she's just a background force that is acting, and they're like, yeah. and just have it to where they don't understand what's happening, like, like. Yeah. So then they're just trying to piece it together, and they're like, "Why are they taking the air? Why are they taking the what? Like the what? Like." They're just reacting to the problems. And at the, then at the end, you see like, oh, she's from this planet. And then you can have this reveal that Captain Marvel has felt guilty all this time because she tried to fix a thing and yeah. it turned out to make it worse. Like you could do that yeah. later. And then that could be like a moment of discovery. Like, oh, that's why this person's been doing this. It's because I screwed up. But instead, we yeah. get just enough of her scenes to where every time she's on screen, you're like, oh, who is she again? <laughs> like you could have played that as like almost a mystery so i yeah. to me saying like they cut too much is like maybe they could have kept cutting i well i mean the movie's too short already like feige's not gonna let this drop below 90 minutes that's a death sentence um i but they filmed this movie so long ago and i don't think they had much opportunity to do reshoots nia DaCosta agreed to do like a one of her own like art project like a a project she was passionate about and this movie got delayed three times and she had to kept coming back and re-editing and doing reshoots and on the last time she just left um because she's like hey i've pushed off my movie for so long i i was contracted to do this uh and then you get all this bad press last week like nia DaCosta left the film that's how much of a train wreck it was and that's not what happened uh so Everyone should go see this movie and pay a lot of money so the box office explodes. Um, so then we finally get to the moment that I think this movie. What's good well, about we, this? We haven't talked. What we we haven't talked about the? Are you you skipping over the fight sequence where they're all in Kamala's house? Like we haven't done fight plot point one. Well, that was forever ago. Surely we're past. I mean, that how far? I don't know. You've just been doing... Uh, I've been trying to move the plot along, and you keep trying to talk about <laughs> Disney Plus shows. I know there's so much to say! <laughs> no, this no, I've gone through that. That's that's the part where they're discovering what their powers are. We talked about that ages ago. Okay, but ago. We, didn't, we didn't... How do you feel about Kamala's family in this? I think they're all pretty good MCU characters. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I was a big fan of them in the show. I'm happy to see that they are actually in this movie, and, like, significantly yeah. so. Um... So, but we didn't, yeah, the fight choreography, I don't know, just in the New Jersey home, like, I feel like that all looks really good. I, I think that that's a fascinating thing where you have someone fighting down there and then, uh, you know, they keep switching. I think that's a f cool fight mechanic. I like this part of the movie. I'm on board at this point in the movie. No, this is, okay, so 20 minutes ago I was talking about how it was chaotic and confusing, and this is the part I was yeah. talking about. I don't okay. think this well, works very well. you did not well. specify that. I thought you were talking about Darben not having a backstory, because I think that's chaotic and confusing. I, I Again, like at this point, I think we should have even less of Darben. <laughs> that's less of a villain. Well, I mean, I think you just, um, you just, like, I think the first sequence where she gets the wristband is okay. And then the next time I yeah. we see her, 
it should just be she's stealing the air from this planet. Ignore the part where yeah. they try to sit down and have a conference because who cares and who are those people? Just be like, <laughs> like, just have Captain Marvel being like, I'm getting an alert that there's a, a, a some catastrophe happening on the scroll planet. And then they just go deal sure. with it. And then this this woman escapes and it's like, who was that? And, and yeah. then and then you go to the water planet. It's like they're stealing the water. And it's like, it's the same person. Yeah. To what end? And then it's like, oh, yeah. this all connects back to when I fucked over that planet. I think if you're writing the movie for the first time, that's a great way to do this. But I think when you're editing this Frankenstein of a movie, you need to... You already have those things, and you can't do what you're trying to do at this point. It is too late. Maybe? I I think that you need to include the 30 minutes of her backstory that was cut. Um, I say, I say make it longer. <laughs> um, I also want to point out um, Kamala Khan... The actress is just stellar in this. She is fantastic. And she reacts to hanging out with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau the way I want to react to this movie. Yeah. Well, okay. Super enthusiastic. So now let's get to where they're all in the spaceship together. Okay. And we're doing the training montage? Yes. They're trying to figure out how everything works. And they're kind of... I, uh, I guess this is after the scroll planet, but before the water planet. This is before Song Planet, yes. Um, so this is like, I think, where the movie, everything that people say is good about it is like in this kind yeah. of sequence and after this sequence. Because this is where they actually get to hang out. And uh, yeah. I think the montage is fun. I think them interacting just there, because there's like several different relationships. You've got the Kamala being starstruck Fan by Captain yeah. Marvel. And then you have the relationship between Captain Marvel and having abandoned her niece. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then I guess I don't know what to say about the last relationship between Kamala and Rambo, except for she also thinks she's really cool. But And she wants to give her a nickname. Yeah. Which is a good running that's their, gag. That's their relationship. Yeah. Um, I think... That my favorite, one of my favorite parts of Captain Marvel one is when she's in the, uh, career no the scroll tank, um, and she's like flashbacking to when she went to space or whatever, but it's all fragmented because she can't fully remember. Um, I think using that technology here, where they all are sharing like their hive mind or whatever, I think that's a good way to flesh out you know, character problems like they have with each other. And that starts a conversation that they inevitably need to have. This would never happen because, uh, you know, these movies need to make money with a mass, a general audience, but I've seen WandaVision several times. I don't need the whole, she comes back in the hospital again. That belongs to that show. If it was a different scene that we didn't see in WandaVision, that's somehow related to this from around that time of her being in the hospital getting blipped back. I feel like this short movie that is 90 minutes, 10 minutes of it was footage that I've already seen in other things. Yeah. <laughs> Which I am not a fan of. Um but I do like this as a plot device where they are all able to um get in each other's heads and figure out, you know, what uh, kind of like a group therapy type thing. Um are we ready for Water Planet? Yes. Okay. So so just to set the stage here, I am just now back on board 
for the first time in a long like I for a lot of this movie I'm like head in my hands just like ugh. <laughs> and then we get to this this part and I'm like okay they're starting to get their feet under them and it's well timed that they should have done that. And then you get to wa- Water Planet and everyone's singing and I'm like I want to find this quirky and interesting like you know the music battle in Doctor Strange or something but it just oh, I can't like I, I can't come around on it. All right, so this movie was put in front of test audiences in March, and it got mostly negative reviews. So they cut a lot of the movie as a result and re-edited and stuff. And I'm just thinking, did they... I, I, I knew about Song Planet going into this movie. I had read about that. And I was like, this seems like something... The Twitter incels who hate Captain Marvel are going to loathe. Yeah. Like, they are... This is a clear statement of, like, fuck you, Twitter incels. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, you dumb idiots. Uh, and then I heard the bad test screenings. I'm like, oh, they cut that out of the movie. Like, there's no way it's in it. And it is very much, in this very short movie, uh, a huge plot point like very recognizable mm-hmm. i don't know if they cut anything out of song planet do you think they were on song planet for a longer period of time and it just got cut there, i don't know i mean it feels like they definitely cut some stuff because like there's the sequence where she's explaining the conflict to the guy in song and then they start talking and then it feels like they're going to go yeah. somewhere and explain what's happening and then all of a sudden they just have new outfits yeah, and it feels like there might have been there might have been something else there where we figure out who his character is a little bit, yeah. just like let him talk to understand anything about their relationship. How I felt when watching this was because I'm already very self conscious about if I, I, you know, and maybe I shouldn't watch them by myself by myself because I'm you know figuring out how to have these conversations with you inevitably (laughs) and i need to have that with with the staff but i'm you know when you're like showing your friends a movie more so when you're young like in high school and college and you're like this movie rules watched it five years ago and there's just something in it that you're like oh i forgot about this yeah oh this is so stressful (laughs) um or, or like, just uh, showing a friend like a video on YouTube and it's like, okay, wait, this isn't the funny part. Just wait for the funny part. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Similar. It, that. Yeah. Um, okay. This part's stupid, but the part coming up is actually really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's very similar. Um, but that's kind of how I felt on Song Planet. I, I was just like cringing as a like empathetic cringing i'm like they're really fucking hating this and i can (laughs) feel it um as far as song planet goes i like the idea a lot of song planet it really feels forced like you said i do think some something about this was cut i like the idea that they're like fuck you twitter incels uh marvel captain marvel made a billion dollars we're gonna add something to this movie you're gonna fucking hate and it's it's an interesting like I think the Doctor Strange music battle that's that's a perfect example of something crazy in a Marvel movie that totally works, and I think they try to do that here, and it just does not feel like it works as well. I I mean Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel's reaction to Song Planet, like they're kind of just you know they're like dancing and trying to be into it, but it doesn't even feel like they're that into it. 
Yeah. Um, which is Miss Marvel, who is just like a firecracker of emotion the entire movie, seems like more reserved on Song Planet, which is the one where she she should be doing cartwheels throughout this sequence. Also, like just because of how excited if, she is. If you're gonna have a Song Planet, I feel like the song on Song Planet I should remember afterwards. Well, you know that um, who is that guy that uh, that actor her her husband or the prince or whatever? Yeah, he he is um, Park So Joon. He's a South Korean actor who's like apparently huge over there. Uh, so I imagine they're trying to cater to that audience and maybe blow up the box office internationally. Well, but I'm just saying the song just needed a better song for Song Planet. No, I think I think this song kills overseas. Oh, okay. Maybe. That's my guess. And we're, you know, just stupid Americans who like you know, whatever our dumb American like Hoobastank. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Something like Hoobastank. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh boy. Okay. Um So then we have another fight scene where they're stealing the water. Song plant which I like this fight sequence a lot. Um, they're telling Miss Marvel not to use her powers because they're worried about her, like she can't control them. Uh, Captain Marvel really shows off because she is kind of the MCU Superman. Yes, and the Superman fight choreography, like that's very fascinating to watch, just because he's a god and he's throwing around all these people like they're ants or these other gods. And I think the the CGI looks good and like the, all the fight choreography and her like flying into a building and the building collapsing. Like, there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, there's a sequence that happened on the scroll planet um, that I'm just reminded of now where uh, Miss Marvel wants to use her powers to help people. And Captain Marvel's like, don't use your powers because it'd be really oh, inconvenient yeah. if we switch all the time. But then Miss Marvel's yeah. like, but I have to help people. But then like, it ends up making everything yeah. more difficult. Like, it's, it's weird that her character wouldn't understand that. Like, I get that she doesn't want to be restrained, but it's like, It'd be better just to let Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel do what she can do than interfere with it. That, but she just tries to interfere with it anyway. And I get that they're doing like, well, but she's a young person, so she's rash and but uh, that, yeah. Okay. That's this whole sequence, that's scroll planet sequence, feels like well, one, it was cut by like forty minutes were cut from it. Uh and the other it feels like would have played better if Secret Invasion came out before. Because, or sorry, if it came out after, um, because it will show the desperation of like, oh, these people need a planet because they keep getting, you know, obliterated by the people who are yes. trying to take all of that stuff is just completely. Overlooked. Yeah, I don't know the why they Kree thought they Civil could switch War. those because I didn't realize that until I, you yeah. told me during this episode. And it's kind of and now it makes complete yeah, sense. The, both shows would be like drastically a, improved by that. Yeah. change. They uh, needed something to come out in the summer, I imagine. And this was also, like, the third delay. This was supposed to come out when Quantumania came out, and they swapped the two of those for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, did this need more reshoots or something? Like, was this testing worse than Quantumania? Hard to believe. Uh, Well, I believe it. <laughs> um. So, um, then, so, yeah, going back to the... I do think the fight on the water planet is better i think the power switching works better when they're closer together 
Like it, it's good to be a yeah, little confusing, no, but sure. when they're really far apart, then I think it's very hard to follow. I'm fine with either. I, I like the idea of it and just kind of being teleported to a random... Like, they have no idea. That adds an element of fear. Like, I could use my powers to get out of this situation where I'm about to die, but then I could end up at the bottom of the ocean. Who knows? Well, and I think you could have done it simpler. Like, so I think how it works is if two people are using their powers, they switch. But that means that yeah. anyone can become anyone at any time. But, like, I think if you just made it, like, a cycle, like... like they always just change positions to the left. So like Monica always goes to where Captain Marvel was and Captain Marvel always oh, sure. goes to Miss Marvel and then Miss Marvel always goes to Captain Rambo. It yeah. would have like the audience could have understand that. And then you could use that anticipation. Like I know that Captain Marvel's about to be where Miss Marvel is to deliver a payoff of a like an action sequence. Like you could build that choreography yeah. into the movie in a way that we can, you know, you have that dramatic irony. Like, the villain doesn't know that Captain Marvel's about to be here in a second, but we know because we know how sure. it works. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't think that was ever what they were going for with this. I, I think the swapping as a plot device was supposed to be like, they don't know each other. They're going to have to know each other if they want to survive. And then they learn each other and they're like, oh, we don't have to switch anymore. That conflict is over. Now we can just fight because we know each other. Yeah, that I don't know. I just think you can uh, you can make it in a you can still have them be confused and have the rules be simpler to where you can, you know, use them for pay again. That entire sequence could have been in this movie and was just cut. Um, All right. So Water Planet is over. They decide like, hey, Hala or Hela. No, Hala. Hala's the planet that. The Kree can't live on anymore because Captain Marvel destroyed the Supreme Intelligence and that destroyed their son. Um, so they come up with a quick workaround um, and say, hey, why don't you blast so much energy into the sun where they have a sun now? Yeah. And Captain Marvel's like, that's crazy enough just to work. Mm-hmm. Um, which they do. And... I guess this is the end of the Kree Scroll conflict. Now that, uh, well, um, before now that Secret Invasion has uh, has already happened, because that was supposed to be they're still fighting. But I feel like this sun thing was added last minute, where they're like, we need some resolution. Ah, my microphone just fell over. That'll be fun in the edit. Yes, I'll um, note when that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, so Secret Invasion comes after this, and I feel like that is supposed to be a little more uh, conflict there. But they're like, we already did that conflict, so let's just make, um, yeah, let's just make this uh, sun thing be our excuse. So the other thing we have is before she goes and fixes the sun, she, Darbin, hears this plan that she could go fix the sun, and then basically goes, no. Like she, yeah. she don't fix. She the gets sun. the two armbands and then tears a hole in the universe. Yes, which I think is a cool sequence. I I like the way they're playing with the fabric of of time. I do that. think it's interesting that apparently space time is made of hexagons. I yeah. I thought that was an, a like, weird design choice, but it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's just like I don't know. You could have just had it be a tear. 
Like other portals uh, in the MCU might be harder to do. We've seen other portals, other space time warps. Like even in the first Avengers, there's one, and that one's not made of hexagons. Yeah, but maybe because the first time I think we see the hexagons is Guardians Two when they're fast traveling mm. from galaxy to galaxy. So maybe that's just they just space. they just decided on that at some point. Yeah, because and then Tear is like what Doctor Strange is doing with the different universes kind of deal, which I I mean that this did bleed into another universe, so. Yeah, the hexagons were an interesting choice because um, it seems like that was just meant to travel from within the. But universe. but I guess these these bracelets do are the source of that technology. They're the source of the hexagons that people are traveling through as portals because those are like Cree tech. Sure. So yeah. this this hole sure. is used made using that Cree technology, which I guess is hexagon based. And the rumor is, um, Kang. Like the Kang Dynasty, the whole purpose of that movie is he needs the Ten Rings from Shun Chi and the two Quantum Bands to win or whatever. There, that's his Infinity Stones. Uh, well, it, so one thing that I thought was interesting is at the very end of this movie, and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but it shows Kamala Khan still wearing just one of them. I thought she'd be wearing both of them now, but she's not. She does put them on yeah. during that last sequence she but she doesn't have them on when they're unloading their new house no and i think it's because dar ben wears both of them and immediately dies so maybe it's just like worst case like emergencies only wear both of them I, like yeah. kind of like uh you know just um this has happened in other marvel movies where the hero can't go 100 percent power because something bad will happen yeah that's my guess for it anyway or this movie had some weird edits to it. And they're just like, she's wearing them in this, but we shot that scene after she was already wearing the one. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, that is equally believable. Um, I feel like also in the comics, which, to be fair, I have not read a ton of Miss Marvel comics, um, I feel like she is wearing two. Or, sorry, I feel like she's wearing one. She's not wearing two. Um, but I could be wrong there. So... And I've, uh, this, this end fight sequence with Darben felt like this whole movie editing wise i'm it's a it's a better movie but editing wise it feels like fan four stick mm. like just weird stuff taken out of it this huge like showdown with this villain who i like your your idea that maybe she's a mystery villain and we have no backstory if we have if we don't have any backstory don't give her little backstory yeah just uh yeah it the editing in this movie and the fight sequence at the end where they finally have the showdown just feels so anticlimactic. And I guess the main villain in this movie turns into a tear in the universe that Monica Rambeau sacrifices herself to fix. Yes. Um, which is fine. I like that idea a lot. And I love the post credit scene, which we are about to talk about yes. shortly. Um, but yeah, this fight sequence as a whole just feels so quick and is supposed to be the payoff for this whole movie. Like they finally show down with this villain who has no personality because all of her backstory was cut. Yeah. No, what I think um, they should have done for this final fight scene. And this is also funny because if you go back to the beginning of this podcast, I'm very much not into fight scenes. But here I feel like they're just not. weak. And here, okay, so they've, They've gotten used to switching places all of the time. 
So they're very in sync. So this last fight scene where they're no longer switching places, but are just now more comfortable with their own powers. You should have uh, like have them be super coordinated because they developed this intuition of where each of them is ever going to be at any time. So it should have had like this cool smackdown and then whatever she gets both bracers. Anyway, she becomes powerful, but there should have been like, you know, like that sequence in, um, end game where they're beating up Thanos and he's got the yes. hammer, like, and it's just like, oh, it's all working right now. Like, you needed yeah. that sequence, and why sure. wouldn't that come? Like, it seems so natural that that should be here, and it doesn't really feel like it uh, is. I mean, it is a little bit, but not, like, in a satisfying way. I don't know. The choreography is just a letdown. I think that had something to do with the editing. I don't know. And the frustrating, the one frustrating thing about the MCU is we will never get these director's cuts. Like we will never see their full vision because clearly she had an idea. And also timeline wise, we have no idea. Like I bet the first draft of this movie is pretty solid and pretty, you know, like in 2021 for it to come out, it works. But after this other stuff and secret invasion going before it, um, it's slightly messy. Um, what did you think about the Flurkin swallowing up all the people to put them in the, the space pod? I thought that that was good in that like it's like a, a just a funny side plot to have. And I think that yeah. matches what this tone of this movie could have been kind of all the way through. It's like this is just a, a kind of funny summer blockbuster, even though it's coming out in November. Like, I, I think yeah. that's what it should have felt like Uh is like sure. that sequence. Again, you have fun with the switching. There's a song planet. Like, yes, you have to have some stakes because yeah. it's a movie and you need some dramatic tension somewhere. But like, I think they could have leaned into the comedy. And I think that sequence works as a, I don't know. It's like kind of easy. People like cats. I like cats. It was funny watching yeah, people run people like from cats. the tentacle monster cats. I know. That was just so insane. That. I don't know, to me felt like a horror thing just because... I know Goose is a, a comedy plot point in the first one. But it's like this tentacle monster eating you. That sounds very unpleasant. Yeah. And I think just, like, I understand... They play it off as a comedy, but it does seem slightly scary that they're sending this monster to eat everybody. Yeah. It was weird. Um, but, hey, I wanted to play well with audiences so a lot of people see this movie. And I, and I did like, like how, like, when they first found that thing... The fact that it would end up being like these kitten eggs. Oh, was yeah. That, <laughs> that's eggs. so funny that that's what the payoff of that was. So <laughs> I do I do like the idea of it. It was it was kind of weird as it was developing in the background. It was a strange B plot. Yeah. It was. Um, okay, so I guess we're at the ending, right? Um, well, okay, wait. I have one last observation. Powers to the sun. <laughs> Okay, all right. This is actually back on the scroll planet. For some reason, I keep remembering things about this. But I think it's yeah, this right. isn't like a criticism or anything. It's just a funny observation of when they don't know what superheroes need to be doing. They love having superheroes do this thing where a crowd is rushing out and the superhero is just standing there like, go, go. Oh, sure. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like they want yeah. them to be helping, but they have nothing specific for them to do. Like I, I wonder. I would I would love a supercut of this happening in Marvel movies. It's just. A superhero standing there and like waving people by you should explain to the audience in this audio oh, yeah. medium what you're doing because i think that's very <laughs> accurate 
This I never thought about this, but this definitely it's a happens. Thing, it's a frequently. thing where it's a shot. People are running in the foreground. You have the hero behind them with like their hand up, kind of pointing in one direction, and then waving, like paddling them forward, like go this way, like where they're directing yeah. traffic. And everyone's already running in the same accurate. direction. It doesn't seem that helpful. And often you'll have someone standing at a doorway doing this, like, come on, come on, as if that's yeah. doing really anything. But it's a staple. <laughs> it's all over these Marvel movies. Uh, it is, yeah, it's it's crucial to the plot yeah. here. Um, okay, end of this movie, she restores power to the sun. They have a sun now. Um, and then I guess the Korean scroll can live in peace for a while. Um, Kamala Khan gets a dope new suit out of it. It kind of feels like a Spider-Man situation where... Uh, and that scarf, she has like the super-powered scarf, which yeah. is cool. That's exciting. Didn't have that in Miss Marvel. Nope, I thought that was a cool addition um, to her kit. Yes. Um, Though again, I don't really see her use where, it in like that last fight or anything. It just they give it to her. She uses no, it in the water again, fight, I, and then they forget yeah, about it. I, that last fight feels like it was filmed either way before or way after. Probably way at, probably reshoot. I oh God, I just wish I knew what this movie was supposed to be. I feel like I'm watching half a movie. I wish this feels like a movie that you're watching in pieces on TikTok and occasionally like a scene is lifted. Yeah, I them. wish I could go talk to whatever bean counters told them that it's like, oh, no, we need this to come out in quarter two, because if not, we'll have a blah, blah. It's like <laughs> it, if you want to have a company that makes media be successful, you have to make good media <laughs> like I don't sure. I get your quarters and your you have to have different whatever. You also just have to make good movies. Like you can't sacrifice that to appease the other thing. It's just dumb. Well, you're banking you're banking on something like Love and Thunder where Taika Waititi has said I had a 3-hour movie and they cut an hour of it. And Christian Bale is like I can't believe they cut all my best yeah. scenes. That I just watched that came up in my rewatch. Uh watched it 2 nights ago. That even felt like a more cohesive like you can tell there's a lot cut from it but compared to this that is a full movie that was made from start to finish um and it feels like recently the past two years anyway it seems like marvel's doing one director you can do whatever you want sam raimi multiverse of madness make your movie you can you have creative control uh and then for what was it that year um well, Wakanda Forever, they kind of also had that. But Love and Thunder, they were like, this has to be two hours. The bean counters say so. And then you have Mania, which feels like, well, Peyton Reed has never been a director with a vision of any kind, so that's just a mistake letting him do it. But then they're like, James Gunn, blank check, do whatever you want. You're going to do great. Uh, and this, it really feels like producer interference in a big way. Um, and I think COVID shuffled a lot of this around for sure. Cause these movies all got delayed at different times. Um, and just when it started coming out, out of sequence, there were other factors obviously. And as a result, uh, phase four and five get a little messy. That's just hard when you're balancing all these eggs when you're juggling. So on to post credits. Okay, yes, this is this is mass. Oh, no, first, uh, the ending of this movie, 
is Kamala Khan meeting up with Kate Bishop. Yes. From the Hawkeye show. That's exciting. The Young Avengers. Yeah, no, I, I really like this sequence. I liked her kind of spoof of, like, it feels like a parody of the original Avengers team up tease. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And she's, uh, she feeds Pizza Dog, Kate Bishop's, you know, just doing Kate Bishop stuff. I'm excited to see them form a team. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, that rules. Great, great note to end this movie on. A Captain Marvel movie, which, hmm. Actually, that is an interesting parallel because I was thinking, like, why would they end the Captain Marvel movie without a Captain Marvel scene? But Captain Marvel 1 ends with Nick Fury deciding to form the Avengers. And he changes it from the uh, Protector Initiative to the Avenger Initiative on the computer. Like, that's the last huh. shot. I don't remember And that. it's because she's Carol Avenger Danvers. Huh. Good movie. You should rewatch <laughs> it. So now there are two Captain Marvel movies where it ends with an Avengers team kind of being formed. I think that's pretty cool now that I'm thinking about it. Didn't notice that parallel till just now, but that's exciting. Um, okay. This post credit scene. You, I heard going in, like, post credits are crazy. Like, you gotta see it. Which, uh, granted, you hear that from someone for all of these movies. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Not only is this the best one for this podcast, but this is just such a dope post credit scene that I am very excited for. Alright, do you have anything you want to say about it? or do you, should? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, Monica Rambeau. Uh, ends she leave ends the movie with her t- uh, repairing the hole in space time. She seemingly is ended up in another universe um, where she is being operated on. They found her floating in space, I suppose. Um, and she's in med bay. She sees who she believes to be her mother, um, and she freaks out. She's very excited, but it turns out that it is not her mother. And then we get none other than. Fraser Crane, <laughs> Hank McCoy, Beast, enter the room, and you hear his voice, and as soon, you, he's off screen, and as soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, oh, shit. Yep. All right, here are my questions about this cameo, because you have not really seen any of the other experts. I knew that he'd played Beast, though. Oh. I was aware of okay. that. Okay. Because um, Deadpool 3 is like Marvel's biggest they're saying it's the biggest project other than the Avengers movies that they're making. Yeah, and that it has and, that screenshot of him with uh Wolverine, right? Yeah. So it's it's already going to be a or originally the plan was Deadpool Hugh Jackman or Deadpool Wolverine uh road trip movie across the multiverse and the TVA is hunting them down because he keeps screwing with other realities. And throughout all these other realities, we are getting all of the old X-Men back. So we are getting, like, every iteration, every multi-universe, and probably some other Fox Marvel characters. Like Ben Affleck Daredevil or whatever. So they're spending a lot of money and resources there. And I imagine Frasier Beast was not on the list uh, (laughs) to show up there. So when filming this post credit scene, I imagine they were like, who can we get? Who will do it for not an insane amount of money and it will be like an oh my god moment kind of deal and i don't even know is 
is Kelsey Grammer SAG? Like, was this filmed during the strike? It felt like it was filmed in the last six months. He's a... Like... He's an interesting character, Kelsey Grammer. I wouldn't yeah, put it so past I, him. Really. I imagine I he to to not be associated with SAG. Like and they're just scrambling like who can we get that's a cool cameo. Yeah. And I gotta say, like Frasier Beast, what a what an elevation to this movie. What a <laughs> what a next level, like, really enhances it. Um Okay, so I'm freaking out that it's Frasier Crane Beast. Um Fraser Crane Beast is saying, uh, oh, you, we found you in space, blah, 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 you're healing okay, uh, we don't recognize your, you seem like you're from another universe, something like that. I better get Charles in on this. He's hinting that he knows Professor X, yeah. and he's in on, he's in whatever ship this is. Uh, I assume they're on a spaceship, um, but maybe they're on a planet or whatever. Um, and then it is revealed, and this is, I had to look this up, because I had no idea who... Uh, Maria Rambeau was supposed to be. Yeah. But she plays Binary, who is an X-Men, who is, I guess, like a C-tier X-Men. I've never heard of this character. But Binary is a clone of Captain Marvel, who has, like, different powers, and she was cloned for some reason. Maybe Captain Marvel was dying. I don't know much about that story. Um, so for them to set up Maria Rambeau as Captain Marvel in Multiverse of Madness... So you have the idea, like, oh, in another universe, she's Captain Marvel. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you put her in this, where she is still Cap. She's a clone of Captain Marvel. I think that fucking rules. Well, and you even that you even amazing. have that exchange between them in the flashback, where Carol Danvers says, like, you could have been Miss Marvel. Like, yes, it should have been you or sure. whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but in another universe, yeah. it was. Yeah, which rules this post credit scene is maybe the best post credit scene of the multiverse saga can you think of a better one no but i don't have a as encyclopedic knowledge of them as you do you have them more on hand i do i just can't think of one off the top of my head it's just really i quantum mania was cool because of uh um loki was talking to um Loki, like it was a, it was a sting for Loki, like it was a teaser for the season two of Loki. Um, other than that, Doctor Strange and Spider Man was just a trailer for Doctor Strange. This might be the best post credit scene. It's it felt like something like Eternals, where they set up um, Eros, they set up Harry Styles as Thanos' brother, mm. but this is more for yeah. me than Harry Styles cameo. Um, all right, I got to do my ranking. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, I love the movie now after this post credit scene happens. I am uh, fully on board, and I think it completely repaired all of the things that I did not like about the movie. Do your ranking. So I have it at 33 out of 43 movies, or 43 properties, oh, not wow. movies. So you have it above me. Yeah, except for my ranking, I think it's going to be lower. Um. Well, we, we have Thanksgiving coming up in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, so I, I, I'm a uh, letterbox is out of five, and I would have given a two and a half yeah. there, so I give it a, a three on our ranking scale. Well, do you want to do? You can tell me what it's between, and I'll tell you what it's those between two are. Thor and Werewolf by Night. But I don't know if this order tracks what I had in my spreadsheet. So it's it's a three. You gave Thor three Avengers. 
and you gave Werewolf by Night 3.25. That's interesting because I have, I have the Werewolf by Night below Thor, but whatever. This is now between them. I'm going to say okay. it's a three. I think that tracks. And I'll, I'll okay. put the Marvels uh, as my uh, three. Okay, nice. Um, and I do think that, uh, I mean, I put this at 3.33, so we're we're kind of still on the... We haven't been agreeing as much as we were for the start of the the uh, multiverse saga. There's a lot of agreeing, but this is kind of our first big agreement in six movies, six projects. Yeah. Since Wakanda Forever, there has been at least a full point discrepancy until now, which is interesting. You gave it a three and a half on Letterbox. I did. Because we have a point discrepancy there. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spreadsheet. Um, I'm talking about this this great Google it is Drive a spreadsheet. 3.0 on Letterbox right now, which is not bad. I know this fan base is like, are you reading these reviews? Like, there are so many stands for this movie. I do think that once they get to where they're together, the movie improves drastically. Like post Scroll Planet, I I much more enjoy this movie, even though I, there's still lots of weaknesses. I I think the best review is it's a girl sleepover party movie and you in Twitter incels aren't invited. I think that is a hundred percent accurate, and I I think it's fun. I again I want there to be a movie, uh, an MCU movie for every that is for everyone. Like everyone has their own kind of film, uh, and then they tell me why it's the best. Like I I want that. So far, no takers for Incredible Hulk being the best one, um, but I want to meet that person one day. All right, well, I think One that day. does it, though. Cause... I think so. Uh, and we're going to yeah. do Loki uh, on Sunday, I believe, yep. is the plan. Right before uh, Jordan's job, we're going to fight away the Sunday scaries with a good old-fashioned Marvel podcast. But until then... And, boy, I got to say, the Loki finale, holy shit. What a Marvel property that is. <laughs> All right, I've been Jordan Peoples, uh, and Marvel has sucked I have been Cade Weiberg and those tossed salads and scrambled eggs are calling my name <laughs> <laughs>